you see, when we, when we enter into the meekness based upon God's power in us and upon us understanding what we are without that, then we are open to moving with the wind. John 3 is what happened there with you. It's, the, it's almost the Philip moment, you know, where the Lord asked him to walk through the desert to the south of Gaza for an Ethiopian eunuch. And then he was translated back. He was instantaneously brought back for that one person. Wow. It, it is a gift. And so just to hammer in the John 3, I love this scripture. The wind, verse 8, blows where it will. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell from where it comes or where it goes. So as everyone that is born of the Spirit. That is the essence of meekness, that John 3, verse 8. It's the essence of what you're talking about, Becky. And what a wonderful picture of the power that can flow through a person, an eternal power that connected with his eternal spirit in that moment in answer to his prayer. And see, the Ethiopian eunuch, in a sense, was, was uttering a prayer of need. I can't figure out what this means. I can't figure out the book of Isaiah. I was trying to figure it out. And there was a need there. And a righteous need is a prayer, whether it's voiced as a prayer or not. And this man in Russia actually voiced it as a prayer. My goodness. Our mindset can keep us from the meek response that can change circumstances and change lives. So let's look at some of the scripture references that, um, that give light here uh, to the meek, uh, to meekness. Um, humility, um, uh, there are some scriptures that link it to humility. Turn to Ephesians 4. We'll, just, we'll go about five or six verses here just to read through um, the refer- some of the references here in the New Testament um, to um, meekness. Ephesians 4, 2. With all lowliness and meekness, a word there means humility, lowliness, humility, and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Verse 2 of chapter 4. It is linked with humility, and the, the evidence of meekness is patience. Going over to um, uh, Colossians 3, and then we'll go back to Galatians. Colossians 3.12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, um, mercies and kindness, humbleness of mind and meekness and long-suffering. Meekness is a fit garment for the called of God. And we know in Galatians uh, 5, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, it is linked as well. Let me get over here to Galatians. I'm going the wrong direction. 
523, meekness and temperance or self-control. It's linked to self-control. Uh, I was a tree climber from very early on in life. <laughs> Lived in Wicks, Arkansas, and there were big trees all over the place, and I had learned how to climb the trees. My dad, one day, when I was about six or seven, decided, he said, you want to know how to climb a tree when there are no limbs? I said, I'd love to climb, you know, yeah, I'd love to learn how to do that. He said, it's called shinnying the tree. He said, I'll teach you how to shinny up this tree. So he taught me how to grab my arms around the tree trunk and just shinny up it. And so uh, every Saturday we would go in to Mena, Arkansas, the metropolitan area for Polk County. <laughs> Big town Mena. <laughs> uh, it had about 3,000 people in it at the time. And uh, there was Goss's Hardware on the south side of the railroad tracks, um, and it had, I'll never forget, it had orange and white posts uh, that supported the awning over Goss's Hardware. And so Mother had gone into Goss's Hardware to, do, to buy some things, and I was outside, and I was looking at that <laughs> orange and white post, and I thought, you know, I bet I could shinny up that. So I grabbed hold of it, wrapped my legs around it, and shinned right up to the very top and touched the awning. And I thought, this is so exciting. Mother has got to see this. So I'm at the top of the post calling for Mother, not in fear, <laughs> but in excitement because I wanted to share my sense of accomplishment with her. And after about six calls, I see her kind of hazy image appear at the doorway, but she doesn't come out. And I said, Mom, look what I did, look what I did. And she said, that's nice, Brenda, now to come on down. And then she turned and walked back to the back of the store. <laughs> now, I think that is a great act of self-control. <laughs> because by that time, a whole crowd had gathered down at the, around me, and they were looking up, trying to figure out if I was in trouble or not. So I shinnied back down the post. But I think my mom <laughs> demonstrated great meekness of, of spirit here and self-control in that moment uh, because the things, the fruit of the spirit, come out of a meek heart. Uh, you know, if I try to plaster self-control down over my choleric personality, it won't work. The personality traits will break through that band-aid and bleed. But if I go down the inward stairwell here and empty myself out, my choleric self. He doesn't replace the choleric self with a new self, but he replaces it or places into it his spirit, and then his spirit begins to seep out and bleed out into my choleric self and possess my soul. Luke 21, 19. In your patience, possess you your souls. And so your journey in mine is to let the inward working of the Holy Spirit work out in our soul the grace of meekness, the grace of humility. And as we step aside, then however you and I are wired can be seized by the Spirit. Peter was still Peter. And John was still John. And John was much more laid back, and Peter was just out there. But under the dominance and the tutelage of the Spirit after Pentecost. And their personalities remained. 
but their personalities were controlled and dominated by the spirit. And so meekness is then that thing in us which produces the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. We'll look at that in just a moment, but I want us to finish looking at just a few other scriptures in First Timothy or in Titus uh, 3 2. It's right after uh, Timothy, which is right after Thessalonians. Titus 3 uh, 2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto men. So gentleness, but not weakness. We're not talking about weakness here. We're talking about a moderation in our in our approach to people. First um, Timothy six eleven. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness. Faith, love, patience, meekness. Here, patience is linked with meekness. If you look, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, all come out of meekness. How we approach others and how we approach God, based upon humility and based upon an abiding sense of the power that is within us, to overcome what we are. Christ did not have to defend himself because he knew who he was. Colossians 3.22, did we read that? I don't think we did. Colossians 3.22. Or 3.23. 323, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto man. This is the basis of meekness. Remember, meekness primarily and fundamentally has to do with my approach to God. And if the Lord is allow, asking me to have a subdued response, a, a forgiving response, a response of mercy to another person, and I don't want to because I'm upset, I want them to leave me alone or whatever, or change their ways, I can respond to them as unto the Lord. If I have a meekness to the Lord, I can submit myself to him rather than them. And as I submit myself to him, then I can respond with meekness to the other person. So as we sort of summarize here, turn back to Matthew 5. What was the reward of those who are meek? Pardon me? Yeah, they will inherit the world. They will not conquer it by might and by sword, but it will be given to them as gift. Now look at what he speaks of in Revelation 2. of those who will sit on the throne with him. Verse 26 of Revelation 2. He that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end. He's writing to the church at Thyatira. And look at what the reward is for those overcomers in Thyatira. 
He that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them, he the overcomer, verse 27, shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father, and I will give to him the morning star. In other words, I will give to him myself. Christ is the morning star. So he's saying there to the overcomer of the church of Thyatira, I, you will inherit the earth. Now what are the characteristics of this overcomer of Thyatira? Uh, look back up to, uh, we'll start with uh, verse 18, and unto the angel of the church of Thyatira write, these things says the son of God who has his eyes likened to a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass, I know your works. I know your outward expression. And your service and your faith. The outward expression was service. Faith and your patience. And your works based upon the patience. And the last is more than the first. He's speaking of a meek people here who serve and who are patient. He's speaking to the meekness of the overcomer of Thyatira. Verse 24, he has something to say against them in the, in the intervening verses there, and then he returns. In verse 24, I say unto you, to the rest in Thyatira, as many as, as have not bought into the doctrine of Jezebel, which have never known the depths of Satan, I will put upon you not, none other burden, and you will inherit the earth. The characteristics of the overcomer in Thyatira were the characteristics of the meek. Service. Outward expressions of humility, service, and patience. And so if you turn back to Matthew 5 and you see the rest of the Sermon on the Mount comes out as an expression of meekness. I'll just read you a few here. Verse 21, you've heard that it was said of them of old. See, here's where he is counter-positioning himself, the old covenant with his new covenant. You have heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. <clears throat> you shall not kill. Whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger. That's meekness. Uh, verse 27, you have, said, you have heard that it was said by them, you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you, whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her, it's the condition of the heart, it is meekness. It has been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement, but I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, except for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. Yes, I'm in verse 32, I'm just kind of skipping down, uh, chapter 5 of Matthew. I'm sorry. Okay. But you, you just see this back and forth. He is comparing the old covenant, the old way, the pharisaical church doctrinal way. And he's saying there is a different way. And everything that you see here, uh, verse uh, uh, 
uh, 33 of chapter 5. Again, you have heard that it has been said of the old, you shall not forswear yourself, but shall perform your oaths unto the Lord. But I say unto you, don't swear at all. Let your communication be yes or no. Anything that's more than this comes of evil. And you think, oh my goodness gracious. We're, I'm grateful that his mercies are new every morning. But he's talking about a meekness of life. A meek approach to others, to the way you and I live our lives. And it comes out of humility. Whenever I am violating the code of meekness, it is because myself has risen up to the throne. And I'm no longer operating from a, the humus soil of humility. Yes, the old covenant to the new covenant. He is saying, he didn't say this is a new thing, but I'm saying unto you there is something more important here than the externals. It is the condition of the heart. And so everything that you read in chapters 5, 6, and 7 comes from on, up on the, the bases and the heels of meekness. In our meekness, we possess our souls <clears throat> as well as inherit the earth. So, what is the challenge for you this week as you consider meekness? <laughs> yeah. And I think those who are wired with a softer disposition find it easier to move into meekness and, and live there. But those that are more, you know, powerfully wired, that's a harder thing to do. So what, what's the first step for you and me? Pardon me? <laughs> I love it. Make a list. <laughs> I think that is so true. Make a list not only of what I can't control, but those things in me that I cannot control. And then make a decision from that list. And I think it has to be a conscious decision because if we're not innately wired this way, we have to make a conscious decision. A subconscious, unconscious decision will only carry us on the same turbulent waters we've been riding on. So we have to make a list and then make a decision about that list. How am I going to respond this week? And it's not, okay, I'm going to do this right. That's not it. It is I am going to yield. I'm going to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ here and train my thinking through the list or whatever. Train my thinking. Contrary to the church's universal thinking here, to walk in meekness. Our Christian culture, Americanized Christianity, does not promote meekness. It promotes being right and getting in the face of whoever is opposed to us until we get this era changed. Okay? We are conditioned and cultured by Americanized Christianity. And we're going to have to make a decision to go contrary to that current. Yes. Yes, it is. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the... Humility and meekness are the soil from which the fruit of the Spirit grows. Absolutely. Love, joy, peace. Joy. I mean, the, the world sees in the Christian community today, for the most part, because 
the ones that get on TV are more strident, more arrogant, more judgmental, more agitated, trying to poke the seed of truth into the soil of America and the soil of the people that disagree with us. And they don't see Christ at all. They do in some individuals that they associate with. But in the generic Americanized version of Christianity and of Christ, I submit that they don't. It is, exactly. I, I was watching uh, Katie Couric interview somebody on the Today Show years ago who had written the, most, the 10 most influential men, uh, people in, in history. He had Jesus Christ third. She asked him about it. She said, how did you get Jesus Christ third? And he said, oh, he would have been first had it not been for his followers. Yeah. Well, well politics has to do with power. And, and religion has to do with power. And you put those two together and you, you don't have a politics that's being uh, ameliorated and, and modified by uh, Christianity. You have Christianity that's being changed by politics. Because it is the opposite, what you're saying, Patty, it's the opposite of our natural instinct, meeknesses. It is the opposite of how we naturally, humanly do things. And so we have to make sure we step out of the flow of our culture, and I think out of Americanized Christianity, because we're too closely aligned with the politics and the culture of this age, and doing it their way, and winning the argument, winning the debate. The Christians beating the lions. And so you and I have to find the residue here of our, the culture that in which we live and disclaim it and disown it and say no. Humility and meekness are the call of Christ and the mark of Christ on my life. And I have to change. And the only way I can change is to submit humbly and let the Lord do his work and live his life in me. And eventually, the world that you live in will see his mark on your soul and know that Christ and the church today don't look the same. And they'll know that by how he looks in you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your, the life of your son. Help us to follow after him.